0: This morning we're going to ask you, if you would, and those of you who have your Bibles, to turn in your Bibles to uh, the book, the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. We're looking at the 6th chapter, the 16th verse. And turn there, but before we do, we have had a request for prayer today. And I know we have more needs than that one uh, uh, Red Dickens. I noticed a lot. Uh, I'll ask you this morning, you don't have to mention unless you want to. Do you have unspoken needs this morning? You want to raise your hand representing that need this morning. God sees all those needs. God sees every one of them. We serve one who is able. I'm going to ask Dr. Tarkin, and if he would, to take the need for James Dickens and all these that were represented by the hands this morning. Take these to the throne of grace this morning as we pray together. Father God, we thank you. Our thoughts today is in the book of Jeremiah, and it's certainly a time in, in the life of Jeremiah that parallels the time that we live in. I know some of you would like to see a time when we could have a lot of Joel Osteen sermons, but folks, most of the time, those that are proclaiming the Word of God does it according to the condition of of. What they're living in, the country and, and and the spiritual atmosphere of what they're living in. And I don't see how we can ever change until our country changes its course. Uh, did you ever think to yourself, how did we go bad so fast and go so far? What about the old days? Don't you wish it was like the old days? We're going to talk about it, but we're dealing with the country of Israel that was so bad that it had divided the North Kingdom and the, and the Southern Kingdom. Uh, God's word says, "A house divided cannot stand," and certainly that was the case with Israel. We're dealing with with the southern kingdom that was so rebellious and and certainly worshiping idols, and was so bad that God called Jeremiah. He he called him before he was formed. He says, "Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb." I ordained you, called him for such a purpose, to turn Israel, to turn the southern kingdom around for God, to repent. And that's what our message is about today. How bad were they? We want to talk about how bad they were. I think we'll start, I said 16, but let me give you a little bit of of background before we get to chapter 16. Verse 10 says, Who am I speaking to? To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Who am I talking to? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. We're on, we're on evil terms when God's word is a reproach and I feel like we're living in those days today. They have no delight in God's word. Verse 11 says, therefore I am full of fury of the Lord. I am weary, weary in holding in. Now we would say today in our vernacular, we're, we're weary in holding back from delivering punishment. He says, I'm, I'm weary in holding in. I will pour it out upon the children abroad and upon the assemblies of the young men together. For even the husband and the wife shall be taken and the aged, old folks, folks, with him that is full of days. His judgment's going to fall on young and old alike. And their houses shall be turned into others, and their fields and their wives together. What is he saying? The men, because of rebellion and unrighteousness, is going to lose their houses, lose their farms, their field, and even their wives. Another man shall have your wife, because God's going to cut them off. They're going to be killed. They're going to be wiped out. This is what he's telling them. For I will stretch out my hand upon the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. Uh, And this is what we're living in today. The 13th verse. From the least of them, even to the greatest of them, every one is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even unto the priest, every one dealeth falsely. Now, I don't know about you, but it says every one... We know that Israel always had a remnant, just like America will have a remnant. It's got to be a godly remnant. And I believe he had one here. I think when he says everyone, he's talking about every category, priest, prophet, farmer, whatever. Every category is turning bad. they are good people in every category. That's what he's saying here. They have healed also the hurt of my daughter. Now here he's saying, you've done a little good, but not much. Says, you've healed the hurt of my daughter of my people slightly. Now who is the daughter of his people? His people is Judah. The daughter will be Jerusalem. You've helped it out a little, but slightly. And what are you doing? He says, they cry, peace, peace when there is no peace. Does that remind you of our nation today? Our president has signed a, an agreement with Iran, a country that hates us more than any country on the face of God's earth. Has lied to us on every term, never told the truth in their life. And now we've signed an agreement with them and they're to do their own inspection. I've heard the cliche, the, the fox guarding the hen house. But folks, this is ridiculous. This is, this is what's said. Peace, peace when there is no peace. Okay there was a time in our lives and you remember when when we would do bad things we would be embarrassed what would we do when we got embarrassed we blush what does prophet what does uh, uh, Jeremiah say here were they ashamed when they had committed abomination he says no they were not at all ashamed neither could they blush folks have got their conscience seared with a hot iron calluses and scars. They're not sensitive to the word of God anymore. They don't even blush when they commit abominations. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them shall they be cast down saith the Lord. And then we get to the verse that my thoughts today are based on. This is verse 16. Then saith the Lord stand ye in the ways and see And ask for the old paths, where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your soul. They were bad people. He told them the remedy to repent and get right and find rest. Well, what does this rebellious people say? The same thing our nation saying today. They say, we will not walk therein. This is what this people are saying today. And this is what we are. Uh, there, there's two things. My thoughts today are based on ask for the old paths. But there's there's a sentence before that that basically goes along with ask uh, for the old, old pass. It says, stand ye in the ways. Now, what are we talking about when we're talking about standing in the ways? Well... There, there there's, there's quite a bit that we could say about that. What does Jesus say about the way? Uh, well, first of all, Jesus claimed to be the way. The only way to the Father. He's the way. In the early days, the church was known as the people of the way. If you look in Acts 9, Saul, before he became Paul, Saul of Tarsus. This is what, in, in Acts 9, it was speaking of him. And verse 1 says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughtering against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him letters. Now we know letters are warrants. Warrants for the arrest of anyone worshiping Jesus Christ so he could persecute them. So he'd kill them. Look at Stephen. He was stoned while Paul held the clothes. Kill him. This is what he's doing. And why? Okay, let's go on. He desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, go right into churches where they're worshiping. That if he find any of this way, this way we're talking about, whether they be men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. The way we're talking about the Old Testament the way in the Old Testament before we knew Christ as as a man was referring to the way of godliness, the way of righteousness in the Old Testament. Many were in the New Testament. We know the way refers to the following of Jesus Christ in both doctrine and in both life. Uh, much of what we've been talking about was the Old Testament. Many people say, why do we pay attention to the Old Testament? Testament means covenant. We know the Old Testament was the Old Covenant. We live under the New Covenant. We're not bound by the sacrifices and all the things we find in Leviticus. But it's very important to us. What does Paul say about the importance of the Old Testament? First of all, in Romans 15, 4, Paul says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning. What is aforetime? Well, he existed in the New Testament. A aforetime means the Old Testament. It's important for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. The glorious hope of our returning Savior, Jesus Christ. He's coming back soon. These Old Testament Scriptures that we're talking about here are of the utmost importance to our Christian spiritual life. There's wisdom and moral laws that concern every aspect of our lives, that they're important. Don't ever write off the Old Testament as unimportant. We live in a new covenant, but they're very important. We we find uh, uh, a great deal of wisdom regarding the revelation of God, the revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, his coming son, the Messiah. Uh, there's a lot we could say about the way, but it goes hand in hand with a thought. Uh, ask for the old ways. Uh, I, I wish many times we're talking about we could go back to the old days or the old ways. John talked about in Revelations when he spoke to, uh, when he was writing to the church in Ephesus, he says, I have something against you. He didn't say you've, you've turned from your old paths, but similar to it, he says you've forgotten your first love. And if we go back to the old ways, we'll go back to our first love. And I know you can say some of the old paths are wrong, but here we're talking about the old ways that God says are the good ways. The ways that you have rest for your soul. Sure, there, there's old ways that are bad. But we're not talking about them this morning. I believe the psalmist David was talking about that. Uh, paths. Asked for the old paths. When he wrote. Your word is a, light, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Talking about. The past. I believe that this light he's talking about is lighting up that old path. And I hope I can bring that a little, little clear to you as I go along today. Uh, the psalmist John says, first of all, my word is, is a lamp unto your feet. Have you ever tried to walk in pitch black darkness? I know I spoke on this some Wednesday nights a month or so ago, but it bears repeating. If you ever walked in a dark night when the moon's not out, you can't see where you're walking. You may walk on a rattlesnake. You can't see where you're going. You you can't see where you're at. And if you don't know where you're at, how can you go where you're going? Think about it, folks. If you don't know where you're at, you can never go where you want to go. Think about any destination you've been given. If you don't know where you're at, you can't get to your destination. you got to know where you're at. And God's word says, I'm going to put a lamp into your feet. I'm going to show you where you're standing. Have you drifted off the old path? Have you drifted on the new path? Get on the right path, the good path, and I'm going to light up your way. He says, it'll be a light until you pass, show you where you need to go. Just as he did the children of Israel in the wilderness, where we had fire by night and a cloud by day, directed them through the old path. This is what he's saying here. This, this is, this is what he's saying. Why? Should we talk about the old past today? We want to discuss some of that today, v- briefly as we go. Uh, why why do we ask about the old past? Because the new ways of the churches of today and the world of today are delusional and and they're 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 full of they're full of destruction. These new ways that we see today are man's miserable substitution, if you would, for what we would call. The, the highway of God. It's, it's a miserable substitution. They think it's right, but it's not. It's not. This is why it says, ask you the old ways. Ask for the old paths. Uh, what is our old past? Do we ask ourselves the question, do you remember what your old paths were like? Was it when you first got saved? Do you remember the time you were first saved and you felt so clean? You felt like you had faith to move a mountain? Do you remember those old days? Don't you wish you could go back to them? How we drifted away from the old paths. God says they're still the best paths. There's many new paths that are leading to destruction. Go back to your old paths. Our old paths. We have mountain moving faith. My old path. I, I reflect back on mine. Goes back to 50 some odd years ago. At Elm Grove Baptist when. One night in revival, a Holy Ghost-filled evangelist named Billy Rivers preached one of the most anointed revival messages I've ever seen. God got a hold of my heart at 12 years of age. And I walked down that aisle that night, tears flowing, and that aisle was at least 100 yards long, the longest walk of my life. But I made it to it. And you might say, well, what happened? You sure failed him. I have many times. I I, I just don't even like to think about the times that I fail God. But you know what? He's never failed me. Not one time. In all of my life, God's never failed me. We we need to reflect back uh, on the old paths, if you would, today. Did you ever ask yourself the question, and I have myself many times, am I as close to God today as I've ever been? Did you ever ask yourself that? We're thinking about the old past. Am I as close to God today as I've ever been? If you're not, guess who moved? Think about it. Guess who moved? Ask for the old past. As we look in the secular realm, and you say, what has that got to do with the spiritual? It has a lot to do with it. You'd be surprised how important the secular realm of our life affects our spiritual realm. What we feed our minds on. When we're not in church and we're not in God's Word, television, entertainment. Think about forty years ago. What was on TV? Andy Griffith, Beverly Hillbillies, The Real McCoys, game shows. Never heard a word of profanity. Never saw any nudity. Anything there? The old ways. Don't you wish we could go back? I do. I miss. I miss the old ways. I miss the old ways here. We find many heroes of the faith that travel these old paths. We could name so many, but Abel, Enoch, Abraham, Moses, David, Elijah, all of these have traveled these old paths, every one of them. They believed God, and they accepted God's Word as that lamp into their feet and light into the path. In the New Testament, they accepted the testimony of God's Son as the sure foundation of their hope. This is the old past. The revealed word of God is the unerring, I won't make that clear, the unerring path that leads to peace and it leads to God's power. That's the old path. This is the light that is trustworthy. This is the light that's as sure as the sun. The old path is sprinkled with the blood of atonement. The new path is sprinkled with the rose water of men-pleasing. and what do I mean by that? We live in a generation of feel good, do good. If it feels good, do it, regardless of the consequences. And that's what we're living in today. Regardless of, of spiritual consequences, if it feels good, do it. And that's what our nation has gone to today. This is what we're facing. We find churches today that are traveling the new paths, have left the old paths. Why are they doing it? And, and, and I, I'm not going to name any denominations. You know who they are, but I can tell you there's Baptist churches in there too. But these churches are going down these new paths and why? They're doing it to build larger and larger churches regardless of the cost. And it's cost. It's costing. Very costly. I was I was listening to the radio, Christian Station. In South Carolina now they uh they've got a church that belongs like our state Baptist Convention. We had the same problem three years in North Carolina where we had a church in the western part of the state was gonna ordain uh a homosexual as the minister. And we had we had a lot of discussions at the state convention. It got so heated that I didn't even enjoy it. But We voted to disassociate. We we told them, pray about it, and they didn't. So we voted to disassociate the state convention with that church. South Carolina is facing the same thing today. Churches are turning from the old paths. Turning down paths that that are men-pleasers. Pleasing people to build large churches. There was... There's there's a lot going on, uh, but I want to mention one story real quick, and I wish he was alive to hear it today. There's a story that goes on during World War II and one of the deciding battles near the end of the war, and it was called the Battle of the Bulge. Cecil Hardin, I wish he's told me so much about this battle. He was in that battle. His feet got frozen, but he was in that battle during the Battle of the Bulge in World War II. A bunch of Germans stole some American uniforms, and they stole some vehicles. And they got into the vehicles and traveled freely around Germany. and they got to crossroads and they changed the road signs. American soldiers would come along and be led down a path of deception and death because they changed the road signs. Folks, these churches today, just like the Germans, they can cause a, a, a great deal of harm and death. and I'm talking about spiritual death too today. by changing the road signs that many churches are changing them today. Uh, Many churches today, and you know who I'm talking about? They refuse to call sin, sin. He'll stand up before 25 or 30,000 people and says, God loves you where you are, right what you're doing, right where you're at. Today is going to be the best day of your life. God is going to give you the best week. Folks, if we can't get them lost, we can't get them saved. I'm not saying we need to get nobody lost. I'm just saying they need to see themselves as lost. Because the Bible says if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. We have to get people lost before we can get them saved. And when preachers are preaching to 25, 30, 50,000 at a time, you're all right. God loves you where you're at. It's going to be the best week of your life. we got to get these people sa- uh, lost before we can get them saved. They're changing the road signs and they're leading millions of people to hell every day. This is is what we find in the new past today. There's there's a lot we could say. Uh, One of them is Hebrews 9.22, talking about the old past. Almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. That needs to be preached today. Folks, don't talk about hell anymore. All scriptures are given by inspiration. We need to remember that, even the Old Testament. All scriptures are given for inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof and correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished into all good works. And this is something I wish people could read too. Hebrews 10.25, all of us as Christians. We've got a lot of gospel programs on TV, but none of it takes the place of our worship, our, our collective and our corporate worship. Hebrews 10 25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see that day approaching. We know what that day is. I, I was, I was reading and studying on this and, and it was talking about reflecting back on the old past. And I wrote some things down and I remember the old past when Women look like ladies and I love you, you do too, but I know sometimes in the world they don't, uh, uh, not, not trying to offend anybody. Men look like gentlemen and children look decent. The old paths are when people love the truth and they hated a lie. They would follow the pastor and ignore the world. They came to get in and not get out. These are the old ways. The old paths. The old paths is when Cursing or cussing or profanity was wicked. That's all you hear on TV anymore. Give me the old days. Drinking was evil. The flag was honored. America was beautiful. And God was welcomed. The past, the old past, or when we read the Bible in public, we prayed in schools, and we preached on the court high steps. Our trouble began when we expelled God from our schools. That began much of our problem. Now understand Oklahoma will not even allow the Ten Commandments on the courthouse. We're going more and more down the new paths. God turn us to the old paths. The old paths are when laws were based on the Bible. Homes read the Bible and churches taught the Bible. The old past is when preachers were more interested in sinners getting saved than new clothes and new cars. When churches wanted to reach every creature with the gospel more than new buildings or paved parking lots. It was a day when we prayed and we wept over the lost in our family and our community. The old paths is when God was worshipped. When Christ was exalted and the Holy Spirit was followed. The old paths are when the Bible was believed and not corrected. Believed and not corrected. So many churches today are correcting God's Word. God didn't mean what He said. God didn't know what He was doing. God loves you, whatever you're doing. They're correcting the Bible. What does it say about changing One jot or one tittle. And God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, forever. The old days were when we would go witnessing with tears. How long has it been since we did that? How long has it been since we've been to the altar and cried tears of sorrow for lost loved ones in our family? Folks, the reason we don't is because we don't believe hell is real anymore. Hell is a symbol of that which is evil. Heaven is a symbol of that which is good. It's not real. And so how can we shed tears for something that's not real? We've got to realize that heaven and hell is a reality. It's real. When is the last time that we had a testimony and song service? When we would really try to do something for God? When we would say amen to the truth? And again, I'm repeating, when we got to the altar to repent of our sins. Not just to pray for lost loved ones, but when we go to the altar to repent of our sins. We would bring folks to church. Remember those days? How about the days when we would take the pastor out to lunch on Sunday? When we would give our tithes and our offerings freely. When we would seek the will of God in everything and stand against sin anytime and everywhere. These were the old past. Our church today, one we call church today, is certainly departing from the, the, the path of righteousness more and more and more all the time. God has given us a path and He's not given it as a suggestion. It's a clear path. And not only is it clear, but it's a correct path. That's what He's telling us. Our, our text today told us that we... It's telling us very much in in our, in our, in our text today that people are turning. They, that they will not walk in the ways of the Lord and the results of this folks is going to be chastisement and much destruction. There's going to be a high price for leaving the old path, for drifting from the old path to the new path. There's going to be a big price to pay. We're living in a day when many refuse to walk in those. Either they say the way is too narrow. Or they feel that God just doesn't know what he's talking about. That's, we need to walk through the path that we get rest for our souls, the old path. No matter what the world does, I encourage every one of you today, stand tall in the old ways. Let's be unashamed of who we are. People will call me today narrow-minded because of my views. It doesn't matter. But let us hold our heads high today and walk in the way that God has ordained. We do it without apology. We do it without backing down. Let us be everything that God would have us to be. We were studying in Revelations. And and to get a good glimpse of some of the things in Revelation, we studied in Thessalonians. And I was looking in the day of Paul. And it certainly was false teachers in Paul's day. But by and large, the church itself, you could depend on it. For it being united in the truths of God's word. If you met another Christian in the days of Paul, you could bet that he believed in the deity of Christ and the word of God. There's a lot of people didn't. But you could believe in in the church itself to be united. But that's not the case today, folks. We live in a day when of, of Christian unbelief. People say they're Christians. People claim they're Christians but denying the deity of Christ. They deny the inspiration of the Bible. Thessalonians speaks of a great falling away, the apostasy. Folks, I don't know if you remember studying last week, but I believe we're in that day of apostasy. I believe with all the statistics, we're living in a day of the great falling away. And if we are, it means the coming of Jesus Christ is not very far away. It's not very far. The... the, The professing church itself has departed from the faith. Proverbs. Man has has traveled a new way. They see a way that thinks better. But Proverbs 14 says. There is a way that seemeth right unto man. But the ends thereof are the ways of death. God has given us the good and right way. And I pray today that we will follow and ask for the old paths. For they bring rest to our soul. Pray with me today as we close. Father, we do thank you for the power of your word. We thank you, Father, for the truths that you've revealed to us today. We pray, Father, that these truths, Lord, that your people today would instill these truths in our hearts, Lord, in our spirit that, Lord, today would spring forth like seed on fallow ground to bring fruit for the kingdom of God as we see that day approaching. Father, we pray your blessings upon this, your people today. Touch each heart in each life here today. Father, if there's needs in this place today, meet them in a special way, Father, and we give you praise and glory. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our song of invitation today is 428, 428. If you have things to pray over, the altars are open today. Thank you for your attendance today and your faithfulness, even though our pastor's not here. We appreciate your attendance today. We pray that God's best will be upon you this week. We want to close with a word of prayer today, so buy with me as we close. Father, again, we thank you for this, your church, for your wonderful people. Father, we pray again your blessings upon these people this week. Father, we pray that you'd speak to our hearts, cause us, Lord, to be this week that effective witness that would witness the goodness of Christ to our world. Father, bless us now as we go our separate ways, and we give you praise and glory. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.